It's Friday, May 3rd. Welcome to Skim This. We're breaking down the most complex stories of the day and giving you the context on why they matter. Today, we're diving into sanctuary cities. The governor of Florida is expected to sign a controversial bill that has immigrants on edge. We'll connect the dots on the role sanctuary cities play in the larger debate on immigration. Then, scientists say there's an end in sight in the fight against the AIDS epidemic. We'll give you the details. And finally, it's time to get out your big hat, pour a mint julep, and bet on some horses. We're here to make your Friday smarter. Let's skim this. Today's episode is brought to you by Delta. Keep climbing. And keep listening, because we've got a lot to cover. The most confusing story today is about sanctuary cities and a controversial bill banning sanctuary cities in Florida that's just made its way to the governor's desk. Governor Ron DeSantis is expected to sign it within the week. He campaigned against sanctuary cities last year and specifically asked for the legislation when he took office. We will stand for the rule of law. Uh, We will not allow sanctuary cities. So that's what we're going to talk about today. What is a sanctuary city? What does this Florida law do? And how is it tied to a bigger national debate? First, the definition of a sanctuary city is kind of vague. It's a jurisdiction that says it's not going to help federal officials find and deport immigrants who are in the U.S. illegally. Different towns, cities, and states use that title in different ways. But it's not just about whether police are refusing to do the job for immigration officials who want to arrest and deport someone. In places like Los Angeles, New York, and Boston, police aren't allowed to ask about someone's immigration status during things like routine traffic stops. Opponents say sanctuary cities are violating the law, that the government has a right to know who is legally in the country and who isn't. President Trump has been opposed to sanctuary cities from the get-go. In his first few days in office, he signed an executive order trying to block federal funds from going to sanctuary cities. That order has since been blocked or limited by federal courts across the country. Here he is in 2017. American cities should be sanctuaries for law-abiding Americans, for people that look up to the law, for people that respect the law, not for criminals and gang members that we want the hell out of our country. But supporters say sanctuary cities aren't harboring criminals. They say they're protecting undocumented immigrants and their families who aren't breaking any other laws from being targeted by the federal government. And that doing that keeps their cities safer because immigrant communities aren't afraid of the cops and cooperate with them when it comes to things like drugs or gang crimes. Here's L.A. Mayor Eric Garcetti back in 2016. Part of the reason we've been able to bring crime down to historic lows is we have trust in all of our communities, great relationships with our diverse immigrant populations, and that's a core part of keeping America safe. So what will this new ban on sanctuary cities do in Florida? Basically, the new law will require local law enforcement, police and sheriffs, to arrest and hold immigrants when ICE agents ask them to, so they can be deported. And if the local police don't, they could be held in contempt. To be clear, this law has been really controversial in Florida. One out of every five residents in the state is an immigrant, including a bunch of elected officials or their parents. During the legislative debate, senators and representatives filed 244 amendments. They wanted to include requirements that police got implicit bias training, and they wanted to protect immigrants who were seeking asylum or who were veterans or emergency responders. But none of their amendments passed. 
Florida residents have mixed feelings about this. Supporters said the state needs to crack down on illegal immigration and that sanctuary cities are disrespectful to immigrants who came to the U.S. legally. Opponents, like local immigrants' rights groups and the ACLU, say the language is too broad and that federal immigration enforcement is, quote, unreliable. The ACLU found that the feds asked Miami-Dade jails to detain more than 400 inmates so they could be deported, who turned out to be U.S. citizens. So what's the skim? There are now more than 300 jurisdictions across the U.S. that are immigrant sanctuaries of some sort. And at least eight states are sanctuary states. But Florida is not the first state to pass a bill banning these sanctuaries. Texas did, too, in 2017. That was challenged in court by some of the state's big cities, Austin, Dallas, Houston, and San Antonio. But a federal appeals court let the ban go into effect last year. That could set a precedent for other states. Recently, President Trump threatened to send refugees from the border to sanctuary cities. Sanctuary cities said, no problem, send them our way. Coming up, there's big news from the science community that could have a huge impact on treating HIV. That's after the break. There are some things we can all agree on, like honeydew being the Monday of fruit. Delta gets it. Delta flies to 300 cities around the world. That's 300 cities where people are also saying, honey, don't. Delta doesn't fly to more than 300 cities to bring us together over fruit bowls. They do it to show us we're not so far apart in the first place. Delta, keep climbing. Here's one for the history books. Scientists say an end to the AIDS epidemic is in sight. A new study out today found that men living with HIV who are taking medicine that's keeping it at bay have zero chance of passing it on to a male partner. Okay, let's back up. So it used to be there was no medicine to stop HIV from turning into AIDS, and people were dying from it. Then antiretroviral therapy came along. People call it ART. It stops the HIV virus from progressing into AIDS by reducing something called the viral load, which is the amount of HIV in the body. The goal of ART is to reduce the viral load to an undetectable level, meaning the virus doesn't show up in a blood sample and you don't get AIDS. Patients on these drugs can live nearly as long as someone who doesn't have HIV. But because HIV is a sexually transmitted disease, people who have it can pass it to their sexual partners. Men who have sex with men are at a higher risk of doing that. Earlier studies showed that antiretroviral therapy stopped the transmission of HIV in hetero couples. In this study, researchers in Europe wanted to confirm that the same was true for gay men. They followed gay couples for eight years. One partner was HIV positive and taking antiretroviral drugs, and the other didn't have the virus. They found over that time there were no HIV transmissions from the partner who had it to the partner who didn't. Zero. Even when they weren't using condoms. Small caveat. There were 15 guys who did get HIV. But researchers were able to confirm, using DNA tests, that they had gotten it from someone else who wasn't taking antiretroviral drugs, not their original partner. Here's what this means moving forward. The study suggests that if everyone who has HIV took antiretroviral meds, there'd be no new cases of HIV. Of the almost 40 million people across the world living with HIV, just over half are taking antiretroviral drugs. 43% of new cases are detected late, 
which can make it more difficult to treat. Like the study shows, people who don't know that they have HIV or who aren't taking the drugs can pass it on to others. So testing, getting more access to care, and breaking down the stigma around HIV are really important. AIDS has killed over 35 million people since the 80s. All of this could mean that epidemic could be coming to an end. Good news on Friday. We're trying out something new at The Skim, talking about how the news directly impacts your wallet. Today, we're talking about the jobs report. Every month, the government looks into how many Americans are unemployed, how many are working, and how much money they're making. Think of it as a checkup. And the workforce is looking healthy. The U.S. added 263,000 jobs in April. And at the same time, the unemployment rate 3.6. I mean, that's really low. We are now at a 49-year low on the unemployment rate. So why is this job report a big deal? First, the number of jobs added last month beat expectations, which means lots of people got to update their LinkedIn. One thing to note, millions are still working part-time when they want that nine to five. Second, the percentage of people unemployed is at an almost 50-year low. That's good news for the economy. A lot of people were expecting a slowdown this year. This latest report says, not today. Third, wages. Unemployment has been going down for years, but wages have been sort of stuck. This is the first sign that wages are finally closer to where economists think they should be. That's in part because states are raising their minimum wage. But it's also because when unemployment is this low, companies have to offer workers a good salary to get them to stay. And we're finally seeing that. For more on what the news means for your wallet, keep an eye out for the dollar sign in our newsletter, The Daily Skim. Before we go today, we've got some fun facts coming to you from Kentucky. Tomorrow is the 145th Kentucky Derby, a.k.a. the most exciting two minutes in sports. 19 horses and their jockeys will race for one and a quarter miles to win a gold trophy, a blanket of roses, and, oh yeah, $1.86 million. Some of the horses this year have winning all in their name, literally. There's one named Game Winner and another named Win Win Win. We get your point. The Kentucky Derby is the first leg of the Triple Crown. Next up are the Preakness Stakes and the Belmont Stakes. Only 13 horses have ever won all three. If you want to get your Eliza Doolittle on this weekend, grab a big hat and pour yourself a drink. Churchill Downs will be downing nearly 120,000 signature mint juleps this weekend. That's a lot of mint. And that's all for Skim This. We've got a deep dive on the Kentucky Derby in the Skim app. And the Derby's not the only news happening over the weekend. If you want to get caught up first thing on Monday, sign up for our morning newsletter, The Daily Skim, at theskim.com. It's everything you need to know to start your day right in your inbox. Thanks for listening this week, and don't forget to subscribe and rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts. Happy Friday! Happy Friday!